So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. The Armstrong and Getty Soap with my dad, Angel Getty. Can I press that bad button? Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. On a shucky-ducky kind of day. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm f***ing up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Be honorable. Crush the snakes under your feet. Get behind me, Satan! I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty! Live from Studio C! Si, senor! We are in a dimly lit room. Why? Because we don't like bright lights. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong Yeti Communications Compound, it is quite dark in here. Not kidding. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, presidential advisor Stephen Miller, the combative, receding haired champion of common sense policy. And he's Stay a- with us, won't you? Okay. That more will be revealed. Oh, much more. Probably too much. More will be revealed. Put some clothes back on, they shouted. <laughs> they shouted. <laughs> How y'all doing? Did they set record temperatures in the great northwest yesterday? I was up there. It was indeed. It was indeed. Man, hot enough to make your beard melt in Portland yesterday. Yeah. Huh? Please. 109? Is that what it was? Something crazy. Got up to about 105 yesterday. It's going to be about 106 today. Wow. Yeah, something. Global weirding. You know, I saw the um, Pew Worldwide Pew poll the other day, and global warming is the number one issue for the world, except for the United States. But almost all the rest of the world, it's their number one issue. And I don't know if it's because they see more effects of it or if they 
just more are more thoroughly convinced by the information out there or what? But That's because they sit around idle, rolling around in their socialism with nothing else to worry about. That's why. It's the only thing that makes them feel important and productive. It's bitching about global warming. That's the issue. <laughs> Interesting. You could be right on that. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, you see, when you look at that pew poll, what you're doing is you're studying the world. Study the world. Study, study, my friends, the world. <laughs> Study the world. I'll break that out, that Pew uh, Worldwide poll. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's got a lot of interesting stuff in there. And you compare it to, to, to the United States and everything. Anyway. Bunch of unwashed third world ignoramuses. Uh, unwashed Great. third world ignoramuses. Right. <laughs> Who cares what they think? I would like you to break down the data in terms of the washed, the unwashed. You should have lived the in... The first, second, and third world ignoramuses and non-ignoramuses. You really should have lived in colonial times. <laughs> <laughs> when you talked about various great. colonies out there. Oh, yes. Third world ignoramuses. We must dominate the hot and dots because <laughs> they cannot dominate themselves. <laughs> Let's kick off the show. We'll introduce everybody. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good with all these areas with such hot temperatures. I just want to uh, tell people the proper way to get a temperature. Never use bank thermometers. Those tend to not work at all. Car thermometers, they get heat from the road. Sure. And then um, usually you don't want your, your thermometer in direct sunlight. So Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow. The prematurely 80-year-old Michelangelo. <laughs> okay, I say tomorrow I'm going to do a proper humidity reading for those of you that are interested. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and then, of course, another barometric pressure Monday. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Oh man, it seems my uh, my my biggest concerns, and and granted, my biggest concerns were is how is the Dark, Dark Tower movie going to be received by reviewers <laughs> before I see it tonight? Uh, the reviews are starting to trickle in, and it is not uh, good. Oh no! Uh, let's see here. Uh, We've got uh, what could have easily been the next Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings is instead more akin to a 1990s Steven Seagal movie, and not one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, wow, that's oh, a good one. Wow. That's hurtful. <laughs> that's pretty funny. The 95-minute culmination of a years-long effort to bring the Dark Tower to the big screen is a complete disaster. A limp, barely coherent shell of a movie. Uh, it, it's it's tipping in at a twenty uh, percent at the rot, at the Rotten Tomatoes. That's that's bad. Uh, but I'm still seeing it tonight because if there's one thing better than a great movie, it's a disaster movie. But this was supposed to be a giant blockbuster. Spent this a lot is, of money the whole time. This is supposed to launch a big multi-platform franchise. They were going to do spinoffs. They were going to do follow-up movies. Um, this the this is based off the Stephen King's right. series of books, eight books in total. Um, but yeah, this was supposed to be the launching pad for uh, the next great franchise. So it'd be like Star Wars. You'd have uh, my, my children would watch Episode Four when they're adults. Sure. I mean that sort of thing. And yeah, and and the first one is a limp, barely something or other. <laughs> a, a, a limp, barely coherent shell of a movie. Sure. Yeah. Kind of interested in how failures like that happen. As I've oh. been part of successes and failures, it's just uh, yeah. Yeah, at least it's not a medium. If you're not going to be great, be horrible. Then I can still go watch the movie and be entertained. I I don't care about showrunners and all that stuff that uh, Sean is always prattling on about. But to your point, Jack, when did you first sense it was going off the rails? Because I've heard directors, good big time, winning, you know, Academy Award winning directors say, we finished it, we edited it, and I thought, why is it so bad? It's an incoherent piece of crap, and, and, and they don't know why. 
just happens. Huh? Yeah, sometimes it just goes sideways. It was a, an inexperienced director, certainly with a movie this type of budget. Uh, what I often hear is when you get inexperienced directors, they don't shoot all the things you need when you're then in the editing bay. So when you're trying to piece together the story, all of a sudden you don't have the shots. And Matthew McConaughey may not be available to come back for reshoots, or you just don't have more money to do reshoots. Um, so that that could be one of it, a, a kind of a, a rookie director. All right. Um, um, show gong, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I hadn't actually. It wasn't. A, it was a statement. It was not a question. Yeah. See, I actually am kind of interested in that. Just how you spend hundreds of millions of dollars and end up with something, and everybody says, "Oh my God, that's terrible." But it doesn't make sense. Uh, Got to move on. There's Vincent, our senior executive producer. How are you, Vincent? Jack and Joe bring you the twenty-one-seven jam of the summer, summer jam. I do this every year, every summer. This is the summer jam. You're telling us this in August. Jam, the jam. I know. I, I need to. I, I had to compile a lot, a lot of uh, information and curate a lot Let's of music. I've done a lot of, like the uh, waitress telling you the specials as you're paying the check. Yeah, I've done and a lot. Of, uh, I've done a lot of driving around in a convertible on a sunny day without knowing the summer jam. And here it is, August. It's early August, and the jam of the summer, summer jam, is undeniable. It's inescapable. It champions premarital sex. No, oh, no. It's Bruno Mars's. That's what I like. It champions premarital sex. I don't yes. approve of that. Certainly not. The best, the best part about the song is the beginning. Bruno Mars is such a genius. He rhymes Manhattan and happening, and he does it by replacing the PP and happening with TT. This is from the beginning of the Jam of Summer Summer Jam. I got a condo in Manhattan. Baby girl, what's See, Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> wow, that is good. Sure, yeah. you want to talk more about editing? <laughs> really? Uh, really? Hey, Marshall, what, uh, what do you got going on? Uh, just very, very quickly, it is an iconic celebrity's birthday today. Singer Tony Bennett still touring, singing, and swinging at 91. Jeez, Tony Bennett has got to give it up. Net worth $110 million. I got to tell you what, if you're entertained by Tony Bennett singing I Left My Heart in San Francisco at this point, Point? You are really in, easily entertained. <laughs> wow. Seriously. Still doing four hours nonstop concerts. Is he really? Well, no, maybe not four hours. Can he rhyme Manhattan and Happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, August 3rd, the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. You see, it's rhyming words that do rhyme that's considered kind of the art. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at... Mark. The poem that you're referring to that was added later is not actually part of the original Statue of Liberty, but more fundamentally, the history, but more fundamentally, the history. I'm saying that I'm saying that the notion, I'm saying the notion that the, I'm saying the notion. I'm sorry. No, Jim, let me ask you a question. That sounds like some national park revisionism. No, what I'm asking you is. Statue of Liberty, Jim. Jim, let me ask you a question. Jim, Jim, do you believe? Jim, and they're not always going to speak English, Stephen. Jim, do you believe? Jim, 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 I I appreciate your. Wow. God, put a bag over Jim Acosta's head and ship him to a black site in Syria, place. I want to get into more of that. Argument between the administration and a reporter yesterday about uh, the immigration policy and whatnot. Guaranteed. It is kind of interesting. 
The Great. Is this the classic? Yeah, it is. My heart. Uh, yeah. yeah, but this is back when he, you know, he was at his full powers. Before he was 93, is that what you said? 91. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall? Yeah, we got battles over legal immigration, pushback from GOP senators, and pushback at the White House presser. Calls that didn't happen, the latest in President Trump's tangled relationship with the facts, and an amazing breakthrough by Portland scientists repairing a disease-causing gene in human embryos, part of the CRISPR technology revolution. Yeah, we were on the leading edge of that big story, weren't we? Indeed. Stories coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, I want to talk about this immigration back and forth. I guarantee you the uh, Trump administration's position on this is overwhelmingly popular in America when it finally is polled. Guarantee Jim Acosta represents a tiny percentage of the population on right. this, yet a huge percentage of the media. Uh, almost all of it. Right. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's it's fine. You know, it's uh, what's for dinner tonight? Well, uh, sandwiches. I mean, just it's okay. <laughs> wow, there's something to look forward to. Yeah. So, how long is that back and forth between Jim Acosta and Stephen Miller? It's pretty long. It right? went like five minutes, and then uh, there are April multiple Ryan chapters. Got into it a little. Yeah. The whole thing is like seven minutes. It was so delicious. Yeah, it's pretty good. We'll play clips of it later. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care. One of the lead stories of yesterday was completely inaccurately reported, led by the New York Times, that whole uh, quotas in our uh, education system and helping out whites thing. And the truth of it is way more interesting than uh, what was being reported yesterday. So we'll have to get into that. It's it's about Asians being screwed over by the the current system. Yeah, the affirmative action in college thing. So we'll have to talk about that later. Also, Trump claiming... That the Boy Scouts called him and said that was the greatest speech anybody's ever given to the Boy Scouts. And then yesterday, the administration having to say, no, we never actually got a call is pretty funny. Oh, boy. (laughs) And there's two examples of that. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, it's a misunderstanding. (laughs) Yeah, I misspoke. I'm taking out of context. Yeah, well. And you know what? I I took myself out. I'd forgotten how good mailbag was. I just hadn't organized it yet. It's a very nice mailbag, Michael, if you'd be so kind, Maestro. That happens a lot. So somewhere between reading the emails and then doing it, you sour on it, and then you're reinvigorated when it's time to do it. Well, and sometimes I I dig through the recent arrivals because there's an inexplicable delay. Sometimes people Mm. send stuff yesterday, it shows up today, and... Uh, yeah, and so we've fleshed it out quite beautifully. First of all, Tom, thank you a million. Tom was the gentleman we talked about uh, gene editing with. And he sent along some more information, which I will be sharing with you in a bit, because it's very interesting. And it's in the news today. Uh, right. Again, well, it's a, it's in the news if we put it in the news. Right? But we it, are the news. It's in the, We decide what's in the news. It's in the national news today. We I, were ahead of the story on this. I am ashamed that I am doing something that's in the national news. <laughs> ashamed I of himself. I have no interest <laughs> in what people who are my age... My expertise and my level, well, they wish they were of our level of intelligence. (laughs) What they decide as opposed to what we decide. Mm. None. I am a rebel. Hear me roar. No, that was a woman. I'm a rebel. He's a rebel. (laughs) Do lang, do lang, do lang. 
These are my words. This is my war cry. <clears throat> so anyway, Tom, the uh, gene expert, uh, writes, uh, as mentioned in the Wall Street Journal today uh, below, I have no interest in what the Wall Street <laughs> Journal has mentioned, but I will read this. Single gene abnormalities that cause disease can be fixed in an embryo using CRISPR. There are a few dozen of these one-gene diseases out there, cystic fibrosis, Huntington's disease, etc. I glossed over them in favor of CRISPR's technological applications that will affect the multifactorial whales like cancer and heart disease. Mm. And, you know, I wasn't going to bring it up. The way he glossed over the multifactorial whales pissed me off, but I thought he was kind enough to call in. It's kind of heartbreaking to me, but I'm announcing the breakup of my band, Multifactorial Whales, as uh, the uh, the bass player and I could not get along, and we had a fight, and uh, I accidentally put out his eye. So, <laughs> Multifactorial Whales show Friday night at the Civic Center is canceled. Man, when we had him on as a guest, Joe and I both turned off our mics and we said, can you believe the way he's glossing over the Multifactorial Whales? It's just, why Why do we even take calls? <laughs> right, no, that's, that's pretty interesting. So the, the Huntington cystic fibrosis, which are, you know, things you want to do away with. Oh, if it's, if it's in your family, if it's in your child, it is uh, a horror. It's a disaster. Sure. It's a nightmare. It's a heartbreak. And CRISPR can do that. But right. he was uh, he was focusing on huge things like cancer, which is also a big deal. Right. And heart disease, which kills uh, you know more people than anything. Yeah. Uh, moving along. Brian uh, said, uh, you're ref- Brian from Texas. Shout out to the good folks in Lone Star State. Your reference to someone naming their Wi-Fi Shut Your Dog Up reminded me that my brother-in-law named his Wi-Fi Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I may have to rename ours, although it'll probably freak my wife out and she'll yell at me. Let's see. Uh, guys writes, I think it's Dan. Um, yeah, said, what, if you, what if you named your Wi-Fi... Um... I'm reading all your emails or something like that. <laughs> it would freak out your neighbors. I think you're looking at child porn. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. So uh, Dan writes, uh, I'm going to have to summarize because it's a little long, but uh, he was listening to our uh, feature on the uh, the imam, the Muslim imam in Davis, California, who is calling for the ins- extermination of all Jews. And uh, and it didn't make the news that Joe ignores. Not really, not much. Dear Rock and Simple Jack, I guess I was taken a bit aback by what was described as, quote, possibly hurtful speech. I think, was that the imam's words or the cowardly Sacramento Bee? Really? I thought hurtful speech would describe a racial gender group or a member of your staff as lazy, hormonal, or self-centered narcissist. Well, I don't spend much time with my religion. If my religious leader had said during a one to two hour sermon, good point, calling for the extermination of the Jews to the very last one, I think that's beyond hurtful speech. I didn't hear anybody bring up the HF either. The HF term, hate, uh, HS, or rather, hate speech. I didn't hear anybody bring that up in the in the. No, in, of course not. None of the no, news coverage. Hate just, speech is entirely one uh, one sided. And if you're going to use it, and I think it's mostly crap, the whole thing, but. Um, if you're going to use that term and throw it around, you got to include this guy. Well, and I might point out, I'm, I'm going to challenge you, my friends listening, perhaps of a more progressive, progressive bent. If you have ever in your life suggested that Trump was in any way like Adolf Hitler, here's a guy who called for the extermination of the Jews. Does that ring a bell? Does that sound familiar? Nobody dropped an H-bomb on him or a, or a hate speech. 
just goes to show you, people, mo- many people, most people, they use principle as a weapon against people who disagree with them. Then they put it in the closet like a set of golf clubs. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of my life's goals is to not do that. <clears throat> Led by one of my goal. one of my great heroes, Christopher Hitchens. When I, I read his his autobiography, he wrote right before he died. That was that's one of his main things he wanted to do in his life is to have some things he believed in and apply them always, not just when it benefited his side or or that sort of thing. And it's it's harder than it seems like it would be. But uh, so uh, moving along, yeah, uh, even yeah, principle even when it's inconvenient. Uh, Micah the Bible Thumper writes, uh, I've been listening to your show religiously for two years after a co-worker told me about you. Shout out to Kevin in Salem, Oregon, uh, which is going to be a great place to view the total eclipse of the sun. Mm. Anyway, uh, Joe Getty mentioned Jesus. Turn and called... around every now and then I get a li- Is it that? What? Total eclipse? No, that's total eclipse of the heart. Oh, the this is Bonnie different. Tyler classic of the 90s. Is... 90s? Total Eclipse of the Sun is different? Yes, it's it's not even a song. It's it's an astrological phenomenon. Mm. Uh, let's see. Yesterday, Joe Getty mentioned Jesus and called him a hippie. This is not so. Hippies proliferated mostly in the 1960s and 1970s. From what I've heard, Jesus stopped hanging about in the flesh about 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Thank you, Micah, for that clarification. He goes on to quibble with me in ways that are not the least bit interesting or persuasive. But thank you for the note. Uh, let's see. Mm. Too, time for this? too bad we're not going to get into that, because I've been doing a lot of reading about historical Jesus lately, so I could really weigh in. The uh, This is uh, Matt in Sacto. Matt uh, writes, Joe, the Democratic Party is a rotting corpse animated by far-left Marxists and the remains of the Clinton crime cabal. They have no leader and no message other than Trump-Russia. Until now, the highly paid political consultants have crafted a finely tuned message to capture the hearts and minds of America again. The whole better deal. Here it is laid out by Chuck Schumer. Wait, that's Trump's platform, almost word for word. Ha 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 you are the board operator. Thank you, my bros, writes Josiah in Washington. He doesn't mention what part of Washington. It's a large state. Josiah, feel free to be more specific. As I was listening to you today whilst watching my children frolic on the beach, I began to ponder the effect your show has had on my life. I started listening shortly after I was married, back in '04. I was a young and impressionable man, age 22, with an underdeveloped sense of wonder, mostly living from day to day, making decisions based on whatever wind of doctrine was blowing at the time. My lack ah, of freedom, foresight. an underdeveloped sense of wonder. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> My lack of foresight led to many hijinks, benefiting most benefiting me not whatsoever. <laughs> Bit of a clunky sense there, but I get it. As I reflected on the show, I realized that a good deal of both my reasoning and moral compass have been derived from the four hours a day I've spent listening to the two of you. Well, God help you, son. It's been good to, for me to have two fine male role models to pattern my thinking after, working in tandem with the great influence of my father. My wife and I both thank you for guiding me safely, mostly through my less mature years and comfortably into my mid-30s. Wow. On a final note, I often gauge my personal growth through that events. Yes, he has grown into a partial man as he has slimmed down into the hairless dolphin-like creature he is now. But his duck-lipped selfies, in which he strips himself of all masculinity, lowering his testosterone level to unknown quantities, reveals that he has a long way to go. And that makes me feel better about myself. Hmm. So that's good. Excellent. 
So he says, thanks, shouts out, uh, Josiah in Washington. Nice to hear from you. That's why I'm here, sir, for you. I don't know why the shot at Vince was necessary. Yeah, just kind of at the end there, he just kind of threw in the... Why why, why was reading it necessary, (laughs) Joe? That's a good question also. I remember back in our heyday, multifactorial whales covered the song, and people just lapped it up. So the whole world is gonna is gonna converge in a certain area of the United States to watch Bonnie Tyler sing this song. I'm barely paying attention to the story. That's exactly right. She's coming out of retirement to howl this song. I think she may have passed. Oh really? Yeah. So, so now you understand the hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I do understand the hype. That's a pretty big deal. Sort of thing you form a religion around. Bonnie exactly. Tyler is risen from the grave. Tylerism. He's going to sing this song. Tylerinity. Uh Marshall's got more of the back and forth from the press conference yesterday at the White House. Pretty entertaining. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It would appear we have a total eclipse of the facts, Joe, as Bonnie Tyler is still alive. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. I'd like to apologize to the Tyler family. Stop killing off pop idols of the 80s. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of, well, it doesn't matter. I'm Turn around, of. bright eyes. All right, I'm turning around. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump's backing an immigration bill that would favor highly skilled English-speaking green card applicants. Trump's saying it would be the most significant reform of the U.S. immigration system in half a century. The bill aiming to cut legal immigration by 50% over 10 years. However... The legislation not likely to move forward since a number of Republican leaders are against it. They're worried that allowing only skilled workers into the country will create a shortage of low-wage workers. Senator Lindsey Graham is one of them. If you're running a restaurant, a hotel, or a golf course, you realize how hard it is to find native-born labor. Meanwhile, during yesterday's White House press briefing on the matter, presidential advisor Stephen Miller took a question from CNN's Jim Acosta about the new Immigration Act, and that's when the sparks flew with Acosta bringing up Trump's proposed emphasis on English skills. This whole notion of, well, they could learn, you know, they have to learn English before they get to the United States. Are we just going to bring in people from Great Britain and Australia? Jim, actually, I have to honestly say, I am shocked at your statement that you think that only people from Great Britain and Australia would know English. It's actually, it reveals your cosmopolitan uh, bias to a shocking degree that in your mind, no, this is an amazing, this is an amazing moment. This is an amazing moment that you think only people from Great Britain or Australia would speak English is so insulting to millions of hardworking immigrants who do speak English from all over the world. Jim, have you honestly, Jim, have you honestly never met a, an immigrant from another country who speaks English outside of Great Britain and Australia? Is that your personal experience? Of course there are people who come But that's not what you said. And it shows, it shows your cosmopolitan bias. And I just want to say... It like you're trying to engineer the racial say, and ethnic flow of people into this country. Jim, that is one of the most outrageous, insulting, ignorant, and foolish things you've ever said. And that's and he's got quite a catalog of ignorant, foolish, and outrageous things. He said, Jim Acosta is a, a creep. He's a showboating, race-baiting a-hole. I'm so glad Miller called him on it. So we got I appreciate the new the combative press briefings. Yeah. We got to get into, uh, well, we'll have to play more of that, and we got to get into more of the uh, the immigration plan. 
the, the, the idea that we as a country would decide, you know, we want people with certain skills and a, a certain number of them. And that that is outrageous. Give me a break. Please, every other country on earth does that, including the, uh, some of the uh, paragons of progressiveness that a lot of people uh, look to, like Canada, for instance, or or Australia to a lesser extent. Uh, and, you know, Acosta is just such a, such a jerk. The law of the land says you've got to learn English to be a citizen. It's the law. Do you and, want to change the law? And then I do want to get into the... Yeah, and if you do want to change the law, let's talk about it. As adults, out in the open, as Stephen Miller pointed out, this is one of those topics we ought to be talking about right. openly. Um, and I do want to get into that whole Statue of Liberty poem thing, which is one of the great awesome. illogical and abused arguments on this topic. So bring us your huddled masses. <clears throat> Huddle around the radio. Joe is going to go off on the Statue of Liberty. Exactly. So bring her to her knees. That's right. Let her know what time it is. Now to Scientific First. Researchers were able to safely repair a disease-causing gene in human embryos, fixing the gene that causes a heart defect that can potentially kill young athletes. The breakthrough announced yesterday was led by scientists from Oregon Health and Science University in Portland using the gene-editing tool CRISPR. And the scientists were surprised to find that the embryos could help fix themselves if the gene editing process was done early enough. The gene ed- editing research is a significant advance towards one day being able to prevent some inherited diseases. However, it does raise some ethical questions about the potential attempts to create designer babies instead of just preventing disease. Right. But- I-, I think we need to treat it the same way we treat the motor car might threaten horses. I think we yeah. just have to deal with the ethical challenges and and, and, you know, North Korea is un- going to unleash genetic nightmares on the earth. It, it's going to happen. If but, this can make me dunk a basketball, I am all for it. Oh, please <laughs> listen to you. If we can if we can prevent and treat dread diseases right. and there are ethical nightmares around the bend, we got to we got to deal with them as we come to them. Boy, yeah, and if you can if you can stop the 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 lineage in your family of some disease getting passed along and just put an end to it cuz I mean, then you're taking it out of this future kid. Right. And then they're not going to have it to pass along. It's the end of the line for that defect. At least it's, we hope that'll be the result. Yeah. It's awesome. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I know not even enough about this to be dangerous, but I do find myself wondering when when you're reproducing, whether your genes will go back to their original not according to the, not according to the scientist we interviewed Monday. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. No, you're stopping you're yep. stopping it from here on out. You're affecting future generations, which is one of the problems with this whole CRISPR thing. I mean, you're just changing um, all the genes that'll be passed on for right. generations to come. Right. Okay. So if we do unleash some unforeseen genie from the bottle, it's a permanent genie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just not just this person. You're altering that line, which is, who knows what that's going to do to mankind. But anyway, we'll eliminate bad diseases. China will create an army of seven-foot-tall, fast-running smart people. And I'll finally be able to dunk a basketball. And Sean will be able to dunk a basketball. Joe is about to just unleash on the Statue of Liberty. Hey, how about you hit the gym, sweetheart? I'm going to start there. Body shaming. Wow. Yeah. Huh. No. Do we have the poem in front of us? Let's get the poem in front of us. I want to hear the whole, is the whole, what's the whole poem on the Statue of Liberty? Mm. It starts with, there once was a man from Nantucket, That's right? correct. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Wow, we got some really interesting breaking news that is going to be so poorly reported. Um, this is just out. It's troubling, but fascinating. Not right. So the Washington Post has obtained complete transcripts of Trump's phone call with the president of Mexico and the president of Australia. How? And they're in, and they've just released them on their website. Well, that's incredibly be, be, uncool, right? Because there's somebody in this could be from the intelligence agencies because they listen to all these phone calls. Could be in the White House. There are a bunch of people in government who are set on destroying the current U.S. president, and and leaking this stuff is a federal crime, and it needs to, they need to figure out who it is, and these people need to be prosecuted. This is so incredibly uncool. That being said, I've just read like the last six minutes I spent reading, reading the phone call with Mexico, and it's fascinating. I've always wondered what those phone calls are like. I've, I, my whole I, life since I was a little kid, I've wondered what those phone calls are like. Me too, but I'm not going to read them because I love America. And it's really interesting. The president Isn't of Mexico, America hater. He's, he jumps in right away with the, uh, look, I, I know you got elected and I know you got to do this, but you got to understand my position. I need to stay in office, too. And this whole we're going to pay for the wall thing just it can't happen. And Trump coming back saying it absolutely will happen. And this is why I mean, it's really wow. interesting. Wow. Well, you've piqued my curiosity. But, but again, my love for country will <laughs> overcome my prurient interest. But it just you cannot run a country like this. There's no way the president of the United States can do anything for good or ill if full transcripts of all his phone calls are going to come out. He will have to run every phone, every confidential phone call as if it were a public speech, which is uh, I can't even begin to go through the episodes of history that that would have changed for the worse. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a nightmare scenario where the president can't have a secret conversation with another world leader and say, man, we've got to hash this out and and not be under the glare of, of, of you know, scrutiny and, and, and the public eyes. Trump will be tweeting about this within the hour, and he should be, that this is just it can't happen. They need to find out who's leaking this stuff. Got to bring back Mooch. Let him off the leash. <laughs> Poke him with a stick. Right. Get him some drugs. Let him go. Right. Get him coked up <laughs> and go get him. He's going to go charging through the White House. Well, it's interesting to just see Trump Trump's one-on-one negotiating style. He jumps right to it at the very beginning. Look, $60 billion trade deficit with you, that's unsustainable. Can't happen anymore. I mean, just right off the bat, he jumps into that. Wow. Wow, fantastic. After a long, flowery speech about cooperation from the Mexican president. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff, but... I wish I can read it, but I'm not going to be part of undermining my, my POTUS. Like you, so gleefully, mm. standing there in your neighbor's bushes, trying to squint through their bathroom blinds. Is that the kind of man you are? It's disgusting. <laughs> the bathroom blinds? Yes. If you're going to peek through somebody's blinds, why would you choose the bathroom? Showering. Ew. The Ew. Ba- the bathroom, though. Yes. That's not Most most time in the bathroom is not spent showering. <laughs> All right. All right. If you are a weirdo, you peek through the bedroom blinds, not the bathroom blinds. Well, what's the layout of the bathroom? Is it one of those all-in-one bathrooms, or do you have the main bathroom, then the throne room? Mine's an all-in-one. Yeah, see, I'm picturing the little throne room off to the side. I'm not going to look at that. Why would I? Unless I'm a plumber, I have no interest in that. I'm thinking, you know, the whole showering area. So, uh, coming up, we're going to talk to somebody about why why is the Dow at 22,000. I hope this doesn't suck. Almost all economic reporting is stupid. Hopefully this won't be. Well, this is going to be very brief. 
Yeah, I mean, there are broad explanations of it that I think are worth hearing, but that's it. Right. This is going to be brief. No, I, I, it's a fascinating subject. Thank you. It's uh, setting records every day. What's going on there? It's just that most reporting of the stock market generally is stupid. All right. Well, keep in mind those footprints you leave in your neighbor's rose bed are identifiable. So you, Cops use that stuff. So you have the uh, the poem that's on the Statue of Liberty that has become a uh, point of contention? I do, and I have been uh, railing about this for years. How long um, is the whole thing? Well, it's not terribly long. It's uh, it's longer than the part you hear. It begins with, begins with uh, the title is The New Colossus. It was actually written to help raise money to build a pedestal for the thing. Uh, not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beak and hand glows worldwide welcome. From her beak and hand? She has a beak? <laughs> no, her beacon hand. Oh. Sorry, I'll try to observe the punctuation more uh, rigorously. My apologies. Glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that Twin Cities frame. That would be a reference to New York and Hoboken, mm. I believe. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And so a lot of people, for whatever reason, take that poem on the Statue of Liberty as U.S. immigration policy forever before and forever after. Exactly. The uh, lovely uh, twiddlings of the pen of Emma Lazarus are not eternal national policy. It's a poem, and it's a lovely sentiment. So we'll get more into that coming up also. Why is the stock market so high? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.